comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry in Kumasi, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. First Chronicles chapter 26. First Chronicles chapter 26, verse 26 to 28. So David, the son of Jesse, reigned over all Israel. Somebody say all Israel. Okay, he reigned over Israel for 40 years, seven of them in Hebron and 33 in Jerusalem. Now take note of the scripture we are reading because we are reading from the end and we'll come to the beginning. Uh-huh. So this is the end of David, a king, a man who was raised by God, somebody who was a shepherd boy. God raised him up, anointed him, lifted him so high, and then he became a king. And this is how he's ending or exiting life. Look at it. He says, he died in what? Let's go. Having enjoyed long life, wealth. May you die like that. May you have an end like that. When you look at this end, we can use only one word to describe it. It's breakthrough. Somebody say breakthrough. Breakthrough. When a man dies like this, we can say he has broken through. By the time you are dying at an old age, by the time you are dying, you have enjoyed long life. By the time you are dying, you have experienced wealth. By the time you are dying, you have had honor. And then, whatever you care about, you are people who also care about it the same way and can extend your legacy. That is a better way to die. May you have that kind of end. I said, may you have that kind of end. Because it's my desire and my joy that I have that end and you have that end. We want to be exploring some secret about this man. That made him end like this. A wise man said the secrets of men are in their stories. As you read their stories, you hear their stories, and then you listen to them, you begin to discover certain things they did that made them outstanding. And in the text where we read, one of them is very clear, which we have been exploring for some time now, and we want to continue this morning. Let's go to, come to verse 1 of the same text, but verse 1. Verse 1. In the good news version. He says, King David announced to the whole assembly, my son Solomon is one whom God has chosen. But he is still young and lacks experience. Somebody say young and lacks experience. Uh The work to be done is tremendous. Because this is not a palace for people. But a temple for the Lord God. I have made every effort to prepare materials for the temple. Gold, silver, bronze, iron, timber, precious stones, gems, stones for mosaics, and quantities of marble. Over. Somebody say over. Over. Say over. Over Over and above all these that I have provided, I have given silver and gold for my personal property because of my love for God's temple. Let's read that again. One go. Over and above all these that I have provided, I have given silver. So, why did he end the way he ended? 
he had love for God's temple. If you look at the end of the man, one of the secrets, I mean, a number of secrets are among the man. If you can read the story of David from 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, and all of that, and the kings, chronicles, you see that there are many secrets to him. But one important secret about David that made him end where he ended was the fact that he had love for the temple of God. He had love. So I'm teaching on the breakthrough power. The breakthrough power of loving the church. Somebody say breakthrough power. Of loving the church. How many of us want to break through in life? Lift up your hands. You want to break through. You will break through in Jesus name. You will break through. Every barrier. Every resistance shall be destroyed from your life. You will certainly break through. In the name of Jesus. Breakthrough power of loving the church. Breakthrough power of loving the church. It's important that we appreciate. It's obvious, I mean, from the scripture, that what made David end the way he ended was his affection for God. He started with affection for God, and the affection for God was translated into affection for the house of God. David was in love with the church of God. May you become a lover of the church of God. May you love the church of God. Look at it. Psalm 122, verse 1 to 9. Very beautiful piece there. This is David he's speaking. He said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go eh, to the house of the Lord. That's a man who loves the house of God. He said, I'm glad to be in church. Whether it's Wednesday or Sunday or Sunday evening for Sam meeting, I am glad. May you be glad at all times. Amen. May coming to church not be a burden for you. Amen. May it not be a bother for you. He said, and now here we are standing inside your gates, O Jerusalem. Look at verse 3. He says, Jerusalem is a well-built city. Its seamless walls cannot be breached. All the tribes of Israel, the lost people, make their pilgrimage there. They come to give thanks to the name of our Lord as the law requires of Israel. Now, please be mindful that Jerusalem was where the temple was. So all this is talking about is talking with reference to the temple. Now he says, here stands the thrones of judgment where where judgment is given, the thrones of the dynasty of David. Verse 6, he said, pray for peace in Jerusalem. May all who love this city prosper. As you love the church, may you prosper. Amen. Verse 7, he says, oh Jerusalem, may there be peace within your walls and prosperity in your palaces. Verse 8, he says, for the sake of my family and friends, I will say, may you have peace. And verse 9, for the sake of the house of my God, I will seek what is best for you. As you seek what is best for God, may you prosper. Amen. I said, may you prosper. Amen. May you prosper truly. Amen. Give me a better amen. amen. Alright, so we are looking at the breakthrough power of loving the church. What does it mean to love the church? That's what we are exploring. What does it mean to love the church? Number one, to love the church is to set your affection on the church. Somebody say, set your affection. You see, our affection is like watch that can be set. You can set your affection. Some people have an affection for novels. So they like reading a lot of novels. Without even reading the Bible, they can tell you stories of several novels they've read and they can quote quite a number of scriptures that are in the mass know. Why? Because they love novels more than they love the word of God. Others love food. They just love food. Anything food moves them. Others love entertainment. They set their love on it so much that sometimes it, they can even forget that they have work to do. Work will be there and they are so consumed with movies. May the Lord heal you if you are that type. Because by the time you become that type, it's a, it's a sign that uh, something is not right somewhere. 
Bible says, set your affection on God. Colossians chapter 3 verse 2. He says, now that we are risen with Christ, let us set our affection on God. Somebody say, set your affection. Set your affection on God and not on things on the earth. Set your affection. So you can set it. That's the first thing we see about loving God. Number two, to love the church is to be committed to the continuous growth and advancement of the church. Somebody say, be committed. committed. Say, be committed. committed. When you are in church and you are not committed to the growth and advancement of the church, you cannot claim to love the church. God says he loves the church and he proves his love for the church by his commitment towards the growth and advancement of a church. In the book of Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 19, this is what the Bible says. He said, And out of them shall proceed thanksgiving, and the voice of them that make merry. And I will multiply them, and they shall not be few. I will glorify them, and they shall not be what? Small. So, you see, God loves the church and is committed to increasing the church. So, if you claim you love the church, and you are not committed to increasing the church, or growing the church, or advancing the church, then your love with all humility and respect is fake. Genuine love for the church will always want you to contribute something for the advancement and the growth of the church. When we say we are having a, 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 an accaso service, you are inviting people who are not saved to church, our friends to church, you champion that cause. You don't just walk into that kind of service empty-handed, I'm alive in your hand, majesty. That kind of thing, it doesn't prove that you are sincerely in love with the church. Can somebody give me an amen there? God who loves the church so much. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 verse 47. Acts 2 47. The Bible says that praising the Lord and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added. Somebody say the Lord added. The Lord. Uh -huh. So when you love the church, you add to the church. You don't take away from the church. Lovers of the church. Those who love church. And they are people who are empowered supernaturally to break through. They continuously seek the advancement and the growth of the church. In this service, and we touched on a couple of reasons why it's so necessary to love the church. Why is it necessary to love the church? The Bible gives us a few reasons. One is the fact that Christ loves the church or God loves the church. Somebody say God loves the church. And in this year, 2019, when we say that it's our year of loving God, we are simply saying that it's our year of loving the things God loves. A lover of God simply loves what God loves. God loves the church. So if you are a lover of God, Ephesians 5, verse 25, he says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. So he says, Christ loved the church. And if you love God, you must equally demonstrate that by loving the church. Somebody say, I love God. I love and I love the church. God loves the church so badly. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it said, Also seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That's another reason why we need to love the church. Love the church because your breakthrough and total well being in life is tied to your love for the church. Somebody say, My breakthrough. My breakthrough. Now, you saw how David broke through by his love for the church. He said, I've set my affection on the house of my God, and he proved that by his contribution to the house. And he ended up living long, prospering, and dying in honor. May that be your testimony also. Yeah. I said, may that be your testimony also. Yeah. So, so your breakthrough is tied to it. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things that others are dying for shall be added unto you. Yeah. Money is something people crave for. 
Honor is something people crave for. Longevity or legacy is something people crave for. And all of them, David didn't pray for them. By his love for God, God brought it to him. I see God bringing you things you don't pray for. You see, I have said it too many times on this altar. There are many things people pray for. And there are some of the things that you pray for and sometimes when they even get, you get them, you see that you don't like them. But when God asks to you, he gives you the valuables. He gives you the very best of the best. So sometimes, I will, in fact, most times, I prefer receiving from God than even asking to receive from God. Because sometimes what I'm even asking, I don't know what I'm asking. The Bible says we ask. We don't know what we are asking. But when God decides to give you, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. Can somebody give me an amen there? Every time, if you go through scripture, everybody God added to. His level was unique. Solomon went for wisdom. God added. And what God added, nobody could match it. You see, when God adds, no human being can come close to it. And I pray that in this season, as you set your affection truly on God and on the church, may God add strange things to you. You are married, may God add children to you. You are single, may God add a wife to you, a husband to you. You are looking for a job. In this same month, may God visit you. Your business is not working, may God turn it around. Can someone give me a believing amen here? Of course, number three, we say loving the church proves the sincerity of your love for God. Do you love God? Then the sincerity of your love is proven by your love for the church. When you love the church, you see, sincere love is provable and very practical. Somebody says sincere love. It's provable and very practical. It's very, very practical. You cannot fake it. When love is genuine and it's sincere, you can always prove it. The Bible said, this too, that you may prove the sincerity of your love. Sincere love is provable. And one thing that proves our love for God is our love for the church. Why? I said earlier that your love for the church is your gauge for your love for God. If you want to know whether you love God, we can gauge it by your love for the church. Praise God. Your love for the church is a vital gauge for your love for God. And this service won't proceed again. What does it mean to love the church? What does it mean to love the church? Number three, be committed. To love the church is to be financially committed to it. To love the church. Somebody say to love the church. church. Uh It's to be what? Financially committed to it. Many people claim love until the word money is mentioned. Many people, many people, many people. A guy can claim he loves you. It's only when you ask him to go for the list, and when he goes for the list, and they begin to tell him the things he must bring, then if his love is not very sincere, his mind begins to change. A lot of men who should be married long ago because of fear of money. They are still dating. Let's shift it. Let's shift it. Let's shift it. Listen, if you're a lady and they keep on shifting it, stop it. The more they shift it, the, the, the greater the possibility that even in future you may shift it. Praise God. I tell people all the time, it's not a very good prophetic sign. They shift it, they shift it, and most of the time, they don't even have any legitimate reason. They keep on shifting it, all because of the fear of money. A lot of people can talk about love, but when it comes to their money, then. But the truth of the matter is that the proof of genuine love is in the investment of your money. That's it. I didn't say it. Scripture said it. The proof is anything you are not ready to invest money in, you don't love. 
if I love my wife, I'm not ready to invest money in her. I don't love her. Praise God. You love this church. You are not committed to the church financially. Your love is fake. Praise God. Thank God for coming to sing. Thank God for ushering people. But beyond all of that, you can do all of that and you are not in love. When you pass the money test, eh, you are passed the love test. Check Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. And you see it there. I didn't, this is from the mouth of Jesus. Therefore, where your heart, your heart will always be where your rich is. Did you see that? Uh-huh. That's, that, that is from the mouth of Jesus. He said your heart will always be where your riches are. So when your money is not here, your heart is not here. When your money is not here, your heart is not here. Are you a tither? Are you committed in any way? Do you support this church? Do you give to this church in any means? Except by coming and receiving blessing and going. Praise God. Coming with long prayer requests. Praise God. And it's not bad. But you must understand that there's a particular way God measures our love for him. The proof that you have overcome money is your ability to give it. Somebody say the proof. I've overcome money. It's my ability to give it. When you struggle to give, money is your master. Anybody who struggled to give, you 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 are yet to overcome the demon called money. You know, the Bible calls it mammon. There's mammon. Where you struggle to give, you always are under the demon of money. Praise God. There is a way to be rich in church, in God, and there is a way to be rich in the world. When you want to be rich in the world, you hoard. In the book of Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24, it said there is that that scattered. Proverbs, take me there, please. Proverbs eleven twenty-four. It said there is that that scattered and yet increased. This is biblical way. There is that that withholded more than meat, but it tended toward poverty. Verse 25, he said, the liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watered shall be watered also himself. Now go to 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 17. Let me show you something. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. Look at what the Bible says about those who are wealthy in the kingdom. He said, charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded. This is how you, you, you prove that you are rich or you are blessed. He said, child them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who does what? Give it as richly all things to enjoy. Good. He said, those who are rich, they should prove it by doing what? Good. That they should be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. The word willing to communicate in the actual Greek means willing to share. Are you ready to distribute? Are you willing to share? That's what proves whether you are genuinely in love with God or not. As for singing about I love you, Lord, is the least anybody can do. I'm telling you. It's the least anybody can do. It's the least. It's the least. God tests our loyalty, our devotion, our commitment to him by what we give to him. How much of value God is to us is proven by what we give to him. That's how, that's how God values it. All the time. So you can't be claiming and saying all kinds of things. That's not what he's singing all kinds of things. It doesn't bother him at all. In fact, your songs are less in the, in the this. In the, when we talk about voices to sing, you can't measure the, up to the angels. So they can sing to him. If he really wants songs, the angels will do a better job. Praise God. But he has a business to do here. That must be done. And it cannot be done without the release of your resources. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. Very important. Very important. Giving is one of the most authentic proofs of love. In the claim of love for God, man, 
all the church, not accompanied by sacrificial giving is fake. Giving is one of the most authentic proofs of love. In the claim, somebody say in the claim. In the claim of love for God, man or the church not accompanied by sacrificial giving is fake. How do I know? Go to John chapter 3 verse 16. He said, for God so loved the world that he what? Gave. Go to Ephesians chapter 5 verse 25. He says, husbands love your wives. Go back. Ephesians 5 25. Husbands love your wife. Just like Christ loved the church and gave himself. Somebody say gave himself. Gave himself. He loved and gave himself. He loved and gave himself. You see, people who don't give, it's not because they don't have. It's because they don't love enough. Praise God. When you genuinely love, even the little you have, you want to share. I remember when I just started and I was in Kofuria. Every time my wife visited, she was in school by then. I remember she used to give me some small envelope, be like that. And when I checked, one of these days I saw one of them. And the amount I saw inside at that time was five CD. That's it. Again, school girl, what has she got? Praise God. And those times, I, mean, I, I have archives, I have all of those things. Some, some of the small, small love letters, cards, if you read from. <laughs> Praise God. I told you about a way to keep certain memories. There are some memories you must keep and there are some memories you must let go. But it proves a love. All you have may be 10 CDs, but if you love the church, your one Ghana CD tight you bring. Can somebody say I mean? Yeah. But if you don't love the church, even they gave you 10,000 Ghana CD, <laughs> even 50 pesos, you no go get. Praise God. That's it. That's it. There are pensioners in this church who give tight. There are people who are running their own business who can be bothered at all. I'm telling you, it's, it's a heart. It's a heart. And that is what distinguishes those who God can entrust with much and those God cannot entrust with much is the ability to give. Praise God. I, I thank God for the grace to give. I am I'm one of those who have been engraced by God. I saw a friend of mine when I was a student give crazily. Crazily. He's been here before. I was talking to you about Reverend Michael uh, Dakwa. He used to give crazily. And I used to patch with him every time I came to Kumasi. I used to patch with him. And his giving inspired me. And I began to pray for the giving grace. And when that grace hit me, I knew it. I am a crazy giver. Nothing that God beckons me to give is too much for me to give. Not once. Not once. And like I was telling you, I've had dreams. I've had dreams. In my lifetime, I've seen myself giving car away. I've given some away. Wait, 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 wait. Don't clap. I've given one away. And I'm going to give more. In fact, I think I've given two away so far. Given two. Praise God. Yeah. The first one was my, for my faithful, loyal son, Reverend Bright Amegashi. His first car, I gave it to him. Yeah. Yeah. And the second one was what I gave to my wife. Praise God. Yeah. And then, of course, those I've given to church. That's even more. Yeah. I've given two cars to church. Is it not true? Two. That, that, you see, the blessed is not the one who is holding on. No, no, the one who, who gives, he's the one who is blessed. I am super blessed. Listen, let me, tell, let me tell you, there is nowhere I go that I can ever be stranded. At every point in time, even when I don't know anybody, that God will bring somebody to meet the need of the hour. No, 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 no. I'm super blessed. You are not, you are not blessed by what you keep. You are blessed by what you give. 
I saw myself taking people to shops and buying them suits. Every year, last year when I counted, I had given about 30 suits out. Last year only. Last year. This year, I'm still counting. I've given a number of them out and I'm still giving. Listen, you, you be, be tight-fisted, you die poor. You die very, very poor. I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm just showing you how to secure your destiny by tapping into liberality. Tapping into it. Tapping into it. Tapping into it. I, I have, I, there are certain commitments I've had. I have, sometimes I've had to empty my accounts just to honor that commitment because I, I have a commitment I don't want to break. The Bible says those who make a covenant by sacrifice, just empty it and do it. And it's not for my personal gain. In fact, I, I spend quite less on myself. Praise God. No, I'm not. To be financially committed. Somebody say financially committed. Say financially committed. Yeah, that's, that's it. You see, a man like David, he said, moreover, because I've set my affection on the house of God, I have given over and above. First Chronicles chapter 29, verse 3. Moreover, I have given over and above. Over and above. I've said, I've given over. Can you see over and above there? Over and above. Over and above. You don't give uh, some peanut. Over and above. Over and above, over five years ago, I stopped giving God 10%. Because I felt that what he gives me is more than 10%. So if I'm giving something, tight is small. Praise God. And if you are struggling with the tight, the baseline, I wonder which one you will ever be succeeded at giving. Praise God. 10% is difficult for you. And it's not, when I, my, some of my, my pastors, I think all my pastors now, they are all, they've left that realm. 10% realm, no. He gave his only son for you. When he gave Jesus, it was not 10%, 50%, 90%. It was 100%. If you are debating 10%, pay it or not. <laughs> you, you need grace. Somebody say, I need grace. Yeah, because if God cannot get across to you, 10% is a difficult for you. Then if he tells you, take Isaac, your only son, whom thou loveth. No, 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 no. And those people, they never hear, take now thy son. No, no, no. God will not tell you, take now thy son if you are not a titer. You, you will kill him. You will curse God. <laughs> you, you, you think that it's not from God. But do you know that it is take now thy son? That brings people into sure blessings. Let me show you something quickly. Let me show you something quickly because I'm, I've just gotten ahead of myself in the message. Genesis chapter 22, verse 1 to 3. And then we'll go to sister. Let me show you something. He said, and it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. King, New King James says, God tested Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, take Take now your son. Yeah. Tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am, verse 2. He says, then he said unto him, take now your son, your only son, whom you love, and go to the land of Mary, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I shall tell you. Look at verse 3. And so Abraham rose up early and began to carry it out. Why? Because he had been tightened long ago. So when God spoke about his only son, it was not difficult for him. 10% was going. So 100% was not a difficulty. When you go to chapter 14, you see Abraham as a tither. This church is 11 years old this year. If you go through the record, there's not a month I as a pastor have ever missed my tithe. Praise God. Hallelujah. First fruit, tithe. All of them are there. Now, this, that's, beside, that's beside what is not recorded. So when things begin to happen for people, eh, people get... Uh, 
they say, ah, this pastors, this pastors. Listen, if you do what pastors who are blessed do, you'll be blessed. Amen. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm just telling you today. If you do what pastors, it's not all pastors who are blessed. But pastors who are blessed, if you do what they do, you will be blessed. Amen. You'll be blessed. Amen. You'll be blessed. Why should God let me sweat in life? When I have a car, the church has a place, we have air conditions, and we don't have electricity on and off, and I trade the car, sell the car. We use it to buy plants so that when we come, we can power ACs and people will be cooled and they will be comfortable worshiping God. You think that when I go through life, God will make me sweat? No, no, no. That God is not a mocker. What a man sows, he reaps. That's it. Man will always reap what he sows. Listen, let me tell you. There are people who preach to you. I show you by the grace of God what I do. I'm not just a preacher and a teacher. I live what I, 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 I teach as much as I can. Praise God. That's it. So, loving God, you demonstrate your love for God by what you give. Praise God. Look at Romans chapter, Luke chapter 7, verse 1 to 6. Luke chapter 7, verse 1 to 6. Paligo Saga. Give me the uh, New Living Translation. The Bible says, when he had concluded all these things, Yes, when he had finished all these things to the people, he returned to Capernaum, verse 2. And at the time, the highly valued slave of a Roman officer was sick and near death. Please follow this reading very importantly. This is also one of my dreams. It's one of my dreams. He says, when the officer heard about Jesus, he sent some respected Jewish elders to ask him to come and heal his son. When they went, look at what they said. So they earnestly begged him, Jesus, to help the man. If anyone deserves your help, he does, they said. Take note. When they went to him, Jesus was busy meeting other needs. They said, if there is anybody who deserves or qualifies for your help, this is the man. Why does he deserve your help? Then they said, for he loves the Jewish people and even built a synagogue for us. Built a synagogue. When you go to the Amplified Version, I like it in the Amplified Version. He said he has built us a synagogue at his own expense. Can you see that? At his own expense. One of my dreams is to be able to start a branch church and then by the time the branch church is ready, their land, I'll pay for the land and then but from my own resources, I build a church for them to stay in. That's one, of, that's one of my dreams. He built it at his own expense. That's why when they started the branch church, you see, every big dream starts small. When we started the first branch, I was one of those who bought air conditioning for that church because I'm dreaming of someday building the whole church. So if I can buy a condition, is it blocks and land I can buy for? You will always start from somewhere. They say, Akoda Onina Obeto Kano. Yanobusa. Okay. Whatever you understand, keep it like that. Praise God. But a lot of us, eh, we are just living our lives normally. There's no dream in your heart for God, everything is about yourself. You want to travel and it's about yourself. It's not that you are traveling and there's a certain kingdom agenda. When I travel and I get to the place and God says me, I will use my influence and I will open a branch of church here. That is not even part of your agenda. You are not thinking about it. But you never knew if that was part of it. God could open the door faster and quicker than you thought. Praise God. One day there was a woman in scripture who wanted a child badly. And you know what she did? She decided to tie her need of a child to God's need for a prophet. And she told God, if you give me a man child, 
I need a child, you need a prophet. If you give me a man child, I'll give the child to you. When, listen, when Hannah made that vow, she had been having sex several years. No issue. But this time, the moment they met, it happened. Praise God. Why? Because she had committed God. You have a dream. I want to build this business. What is the commitment you have made to God? And within that commitment, what are you practically doing at this stage? We know you have made a big commitment. What are you doing now? Little by little to show that when you get there, you can do it. Praise God. That will always tell the big boys from the small boys in the kingdom. I see God giving you grace. I said I see God giving you grace. Now I want to share with you six reasons why you need to be financially committed to the church. Prove your love for the church by becoming financially committed to the church. Why must you be financially committed to the church? Number one is that the church of God cannot be built without money. Somebody say the church of God cannot be built without money. A lot of people allow themselves, unfortunately, in church to be deceived. When unbelievers are talking about money and giving, they say all kinds of things. And you meet a Christian who is also adding his voice to uh, uh, unbelievers talking about money. And I'm sorry, I'm just get too much. I'm just get too much. Now, if you say, okay, I say, oh, but sorry, I'm sorry, Dan, if you say, dear, this year. Yeah, sebi, sebi, sebi. I'm sorry, Dan, dear, this year. Oh, but now, how are cool? If you say, praise God. Send your neighbor and say the church cannot be built without money. No, 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 no. Sometimes we allow ourselves to be deceived too much. Every nice thing you see anywhere is done with money. It's done with what? Every good thing is done with money. Every good thing, including the church of God. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And he was talking about money. Somebody say money. Say money. As for me, the church member I cannot pastor for long is the one who is not comfortable with me talking about money. Yeah, if you are not comfortable hearing me talk and preach about money, I can't pastor you for long because you are a liability and I don't want you to be a liability on me. Because people who don't want to learn about money usually end up as paupers in life. The Bible said, he that refuses instruction shall be a poor man. When you don't want knowledge about money, and what God particularly says about your money, you are likely to be poor. And I don't want to pastor poor people. Say an amen. amen. Uh-huh. So because I'm pastoring, you are a rich person. Amen. You better say a better amen. amen. Listen, I'm not too old, but I'm quite schooled in the scriptures a little. I've schooled myself in the scriptures a little to know the difference between wealth and prosperity. And I know that you can't do much for God with poverty, but you can do so much for God with prosperity. So I don't have any apology at all. I don't feel apologetic. I don't feel that I need to explain to somebody when I'm talking about money at all. No. When I, I, I find you that type, I actually want you to be away. Praise God. Because poor people are dangerous people to have around you. They are pull him down people. Praise God. Turn to your neighbor and say you won't be poor. Listen, suspect any pauper around you. If you are looking for very insincere people, they are poor people. They are very insincere in their commitment, in their loyalty. That's all. He'll be gone. Poor people. When the person has everything, he doesn't need anything from you. And she comes to visit you or he comes to visit you. Then you will know that the person really loves you. Now, 
No amount of hundred cities. Oh, Jennifer Koi. Every time you come from Tamale, she will come. Am I communicating here? That's how people are. That's how people. They can be very insincere. People who are genuine, when they have all they have, they all they can imagine, and they don't require anything from you. You see it from their commitment to you. That's a word of wisdom for somebody. Amen. Can somebody give me an amen? amen? Number two, you must be financially committed to the church because it proves the sincerity of your love for the church. If you say you love the church, then let us see it in your money. Somebody say, let's see it in your money. Yeah, show us in your tight record. Do you even have one after all? Yeah, that's what shows. That's what shows. That's what shows. That's what shows. It's not about saying, Pastor Fokwa, I believe in your ministry. Yo, Pastor, listen, stop deceiving me. Because and your poverty near the coffer. Nobody takes poverty far. Pastor, listen. Ujidia, Obeto microphone. Sorry. Am I communicating? That's what, that's what you do. That's what you You see how the sound was misbehaving like this. We'll come to it. <laughs> Can somebody give me an amen? amen? It proves the sincerity of your love. Somebody say, sincerity of my love. Good. Sincerity of your love. Number three, it empowers the church to fulfill the prophetic mandate of preaching the gospel to all nations. Number three. You have to be financially committed to the church because it empowers the church to fulfill its prophetic mandate of preaching the gospel to all nations. Number three, in Matthew chapter 24, verse 14, he said, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness. Then the end shall come. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world. Somebody say, in all the world. For a witness unto all nations. The gospel must be preached to all nations. And I'm telling you, if the gospel must go to all nations, then a lot of money will be required. Praise God. It means that we are putting it on the internet. We are putting it on every cable network. We are putting it on every radio station. I'm not communicating here. That's how the gospel will get across to all nations. And even putting it on spirit and ultimate cost money. Much more if you want to put it on the cable networks of the greater nations. Praise God. This gospel must be preached. How will it be preached? When God's people are empowered and they are investing consistently. How can we plant churches? I was telling them, the church we planted in Kwamo, in less than four months, people are getting into it. That last Sunday, they, they had their service. They were close to 60 or thereabouts. Praise God. We sent just a team of 12 people. Now 40 souls are saved. Now, if your offering is there, you gave something to it, you think that they're so safe when you get to heaven, God will not reward you for them. Every one of them, you have an investment there. Praise God. Do you know where they would have gone to if the church had not been planted? I, I keep on telling you, there's a place we've got already. We are still preparing to go and set it up at the Suyabua here, opposite the university. There's a place we have prepared. We just have some outstanding money to give out. And they will be on. That's how. Planting churches and building churches. That's how we get the gospel across. Almost every neighborhood you pass through now, when two or three Muslims come, they want a mosque there. Have you seen that? Anywhere two or three Muslims gather, a mosque must be there. Even Jesus told us where two or three are gathered in my name. There I am. That means a church is formed because a church is a place where the name of the Lord is. But we, when we gather, we don't form a church. We gossip. But the Muslims build a mosque and they begin to move on. May there be a shift in our thinking. Amen. Can somebody give me a believing amen? amen? 
Number four, it enables the church to pay its staff and fulfill its financial obligations. Praise God. You have to be financially committed to the church. Number four, because it enables the church to pay its staff and fulfill its financial obligations. Praise God. Like I said earlier, when you look here, electricity is used. Our church service is not run on national electricity. It's run on a power plant. Praise God. Every one of our services, every one of our services, because we bought it at the time where the power, uh, power situation was bad. And having bought it, if we change it and we are not using it, the machine will degenerate. And then the other thing we realized was that running the service on, with all ACs on running the service on national grid was more expensive than running it on the plant. Utility bill was skyrocketing. So when we decided to run it on the generator, it's more economical. Praise God. There are bills that must be paid. People work in the church. They need to be paid. How would they be paid? Through our financial commitment to the church. Look at what the Bible says. Leviticus 19 verse 13. Leviticus 19. It said, do not defraud or rob your neighbor. Do not make your hired workers wait until the next day to receive their pay. Anybody who works for you deserves to be paid. If Minister Champon works in the church office as the account's office, when the month is ended, I, I will be a dishonest boss or pastor to tell him the Lord be with you. Now, he may say amen, but his wife will not say amen. Am I communicating here? His children, school fees, their school will not say amen. They have to be taken care of. Can somebody say, give me an amen? The Bible says the people who work ought to be paid. Look at it in the context of even pastors. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 17 to 18. First Timothy 5, 17 to 18. He says, elders, elders who do their work well should be respected and paid well. If you go across churches, most of the churches don't pay pastors well. But the Bible says pastors should be respected and paid well. Especially those who work hard at both teaching and preaching. Praise God. So when you decide not to tithe, how can pastors be taken care of? How can church workers be taken care of? It's important. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. Yeah. Number five, it empowers the church to engage every possible means to reach the lost with the gospel. It empowers. It empowers the church to reach every Every engage every possible means to reach and save more people with the gospel. When we are empowered, we can reach more people. We can do what? Reach more people. We can reach more people. We can reach more people. Paul said that I use all means to reach people. If you are very much empowered, a lot of you sometimes you watch TV and you get angry. I know more disgrace Christianity. I know more among 40 years who attempt. Listen, do you know how you can solve that problem? Get pastors who are fine and sound in the word. And put them on the same TV. Those fake prophets are there. They didn't get there by tongues. They went there by pain. They paid their way and they are there. So whether you like it or not, you must watch them. But those who claim, listen, those who claim to have the word, those who claim to have the sound doctrine, they too can't pay. Am I communicating here? That's why they are not there. And a lot of people who could be rich are not being rich. I gave a testimony in the first service of a house I entered in in TUC at the early part of this year. I just went there to ask, make an inquiry. And an elderly man, I think, so they were designing a place. Somebody wanted a place to rent, and it was close to me, so I just checked out the place out for him. And when I went, they asked me, who are you? I said, well, I'm, I'm Afuakwa. I said, Afuakwa, what do you do? I said, I'm a pastor. He said, are you the one who preached on uh, Ultimate FM? I said, yes. He said, I've been listening to you. 
I've been listening to you daily. Now listen. I've been listening to you daily. Now listen. This man said he's been listening to me. But we have been doing for the past 10 years, we have been doing TUC evangelism. Even yesterday, some people went there. And there are some houses in TUC you can't enter. And his house is one of those houses you can't enter. Me, I had access because they were working there. Some people were working there. And the way I saw the thing, it looks like they were working and the door was open. So I used them as... <laughs> but some of the gates are walled. You can't enter. But listen, what we cannot enter to witness to them and give them a tract. The radio ministry is reaching them there. Am I communicating? The radio ministry is reaching them there. They are getting rich by all means. And the people who are responsible to getting that done, God will take care of their rewards. Can somebody give me an amen? Give me a believing amen. amen. Let me close with this. Verse 6. Number 6. It brings you into partnership with God in executing his agenda of reconciling the world to himself. Somebody say, God has an agenda. And it is the reconciliation of the world unto himself. God has an agenda. His business is reconciling the world unto himself. And he wants partners. The Bible said we are ambassadors of Christ. He says God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself and has given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. I'll be teaching on the ministry of reconciliation pretty soon. He says he's given unto us a ministry of reconciliation. How are we going to carry out the ministry of reconciliation? By reconciling the whole world, making sure that everybody is safe, is by coming into partnership with God. One way we come into partnership with God is when we give sacrificially. We give what? Sacrifice. Psalm 50, verse 5. Psalm 55. He said, gather my faithfuls unto me. Those who have made a covenant with me by giving sacrifices. Somebody say giving sacrifices. Giving what? Sacrifices. Every time people gave a sacrifice, God took notice. Every time. It started with Genesis. When Noah offered burnt offerings, the Bible said God noticed it. He smelt it and came down. May God come down for someone. Again, we see Abraham. He offered a sacrifice and God noticed it. When the Philippian church came into partnership with Paul and gave a sacrifice, God noticed it. Let's look at Philippians chapter 4 and the verse number 18. The Amplified Version. And you Philippians yourselves and know, please let's start from verse 15. But you Philippians know yourselves well that in the early days of the gospel ministry, when I left Macedonia, no church assembly entered into partnership with me and opened up a debit and credit account in giving and receiving except you only. Verse 16, he said, for even in Thessalonica, you sent me contributions for the needs, not only once, but again. Look at verse 18. This time we can shift into the King James Version. He said, but I have all, I abound, having received of Epiphraditus. Verse, uh, let's go to verse 18. I have all, I abound, having received of Epiphraditus, the things which were sent unto me, a sacrifice, an order of a sweet smell. Please follow. A sacrifice, what? Acceptable, where pleasing to God. What did they give? A sacrifice, acceptable, where pleasing to God. Now go to verse 19. My God. Somebody say, my God. <laughs> Before you quote, my God shall supply all my needs. Ask yourself whether you have given a sacrifice acceptable. Whether you have given an order of a sweet smell. Whether you have given a sacrifice that is well pleasing to God. No matter how long you pray with it. If this is not the condition, it will not work. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. Now, every time you come into that partnership with God, two important things happen. One, 
God becomes committed to meeting all your needs. Two important things that happen. God becomes committed to meeting all your needs. Somebody say, all my needs. Yeah, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. By Christ Jesus. Two benefits of the partner. God commits all your needs. He said, bring you all the tight into my storehouse. They may meet and prove me herewith if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive. God becomes committed to all your needs. Number two, as I close, is that God, it secures it secures God's protection over your financial investment. Somebody say, it secures God's protection. There are some people, every time they start something, things, catastrophic things happen and scatter it. You lose money foolishly. You waste it on maintenance, doing all kinds of things. It's not a net, it's not a case. It's God who is coming after the money you are supposed to give him. Praise God. Divorces have been dispatched. That's why they are tormenting you. Because you are stealing from God. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. Give me a believing amen. amen. To show that if you are stealing, you will steal again. Say amen. amen. Praise God. That's it. All your fun. He says, and I rebuke the devourer. Go to verse 11. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Verse 11. Malachi 3, 11, please. I rebuke the, bring out the title 11. And I rebuke the devourer for your sake. And he shall not destroy the fruit of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast a fruit before the field. Sayeth the Lord of hosts. It's important that we decide that we are going to be committed. When you say, Lord, I give you my heart. God asks, where is your pocket? Every time you say, Lord, I give you my heart. God is saying, where is your pocket? Where is your pocket? No, 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 that's it. Why? Because... God defines your loyalty, devotion, commitment, and love for him by how much you give him, not by what you say with your mouth. I want you to pray. God is merciful. If you have cheated him and robbed him before, he can forgive you. And he has forgiven you already. Receive grace that from today, I will not rob God again. Even if it's one Ghana, Moja, I will bring it as my tithe. Praise God. I will not be chopping it. I will honor God with my tithe. I will honor God with my first fruit. I will honor God in everything he gives me. Open your mouth and speak to God. Pastor Fuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages as well as books by Pastor Fuakwa, please call 0540-122-670 or 0204-225-790 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com. Get interactive with Pastor Fuakwa on Facebook and Twitter. You can also visit our website at www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our two English services. 6.30 a.m. First service. 8.45 a.m. Second service. And on Wednesdays for our Word Encounter service at 6 o'clock p.m. At our church auditorium on the top floor of Nana Ama Ejakuma Plaza. Opposite the Unity Oil Station. Santasi Roundabout. Kumase, Ghana. God richly bless you. Bye.